This is Randy Hosman with Becker's Clinical Leadership Podcast. Here's your weekly industry news brief for February 15th. First, Florida's Commission for Independent Education orders seven nursing schools to pause graduation and enrollment activities through March. The seven schools are allegedly tied to the fraudulent degree scandal. The scheme involves more than 7,000 fake diplomas and transcripts sold to aspiring nurses. These documents allowed individuals to qualify for the National Council licensure examination without completing required coursework. Over 30% of those who bought fake documents passed the test. Many then gained licensure and secured employment at U.S. healthcare facilities. The commission held an emergency meeting last week to consider action against the institutions. Of those seven, four are voluntarily ceasing all operations for an indefinite amount of time. During this pause, they will conduct an internal audit. Each institution must also provide lists and contact information for all current students, graduates, and faculty. Currently, 25 people face federal charges of wire fraud and wire fraud conspiracy. Defendants include administrators from Florida nursing schools, as well as employees at several nursing test prep academies in other states that allegedly recruited candidates to buy the fake diplomas. Second, according to a New York Times report yesterday, many physicians want time and usefulness to be considered in the creation of guidelines. In August, a study published in the Journal of General Internal Medicine estimated that it would take almost 27 hours a day for primary care physicians to provide guideline-recommended care for an average number of patients. Ignoring administrative work and the recommended chronic and acute care, physicians would still need over eight hours per day just to follow the preventive care checklist recommended by the U.S. Preventive Services Tax Force. Some physicians recognize the good intent behind care recommendations, but they argue to remove some guidelines that lack evidence to long-term health improvements. According to the USPSTF, physicians in the U.S. aren't expected to check off every guideline recommendation in a single visit. Third, New York State Nurses Association members will strike February 27th at South Shore University Hospital in Bayshore, New York. The union represents about 800 nurses at South Shore. The hospital is part of Norwell Health, a system with over 20 hospitals and around 83,000 employees. Earlier this year, union members voted to authorize a strike. Union representatives say that during negotiations, both sides did not reach a fair contract that protects patient care. In a statement shared with Beckers, South Shore says it will be fully operational in the event of a strike. Fourth, according to a Star Tribune report on Monday, during a one-week period in December, patients eligible for transfer at almost 100 Minnesota hospitals received nearly 15,000 more days of care than necessary. The report says the reason is little to no space at nursing homes and other care facilities. Minnesota's Hospital Association calls it a discharge gridlock. It comes with significant financial consequences. Hospitals pay about $2,500 for each extra patient. MHA says this translates to almost $37 million in unreimbursed costs across Minnesota in just that one week. 
5th, according to a study published last week in the Journal of General Internal Medicine, less than 15% of board members who oversee the top U.S. hospitals have a professional background in healthcare. Instead, more than half have a background in finance or business services. The study's authors say they wanted to understand which professions are represented most among hospital boards because they may influence the organization's goals and overall strategy. The study began in July by examining the 20 top-rated hospitals by U.S. News and World Report. These top hospitals are all nonprofit academic medical centers in urban areas. Only 15 of the 20 facilities publish board information online. IRS filings for the other five were incomplete or outdated. Most board members had a background in finance, like leading private equity funds, wealth management firms, or multinational banks. The study notes its findings may not represent all hospitals because it only studied the highest ranked. Thank you for listening. Do you want more of the latest info about clinical leadership delivered directly to your inbox every weekday? Subscribe to the Becker's Clinical Leadership and Infection Control e-newsletter on our website at www.beckershospitalreview.com forward slash quality.